Hello, it's Darren Alf from BicycleTurnPro.com. Today is August 28th, 2017. I am in Southern California at the moment, but I recently, just a couple weeks ago, completed a week-long bicycle tour across northern Sweden with my friends Rob, Doug, and Lene. And I thought that now that that bike tour is complete, this would be a good time to talk about the trip and share with you some of the best and maybe the worst moments from the trip, um, as well as kind of share some of the things that I learned from this particular bicycle touring journey. So the adventure started in the city of Umeå, Sweden, which is way up north. You probably want to look at a map if you don't know where it is, but it's in northeastern Sweden kind of on the edge of the water there between Sweden and Finland. And Umeå is the largest city in northern Sweden with a population of about 120,000 people or so. Um, the population booms a little bit when university starts and thousands of students from all around the world come to Umeå to study. So there's a big university there. There's lots of young people Tons of bike paths going all over the city. There's a river that the city is kind of situated on, so you can ride your bike along the edge of the river. It's a really, really beautiful place. And this summer was actually my third summer in a row that I had spent at least some time in Umeå, Sweden. So I returned to Umeå this year with the idea of using the city as my home base for the entire summer. So I flew to Umeå, Sweden around the end of May 2017, and then I immediately rode my bike uh, up to the Nordcap in northern Norway and cycled back to Umeå, Sweden. Then I rented an apartment in the Haga district of Umeå, and I rented this apartment for an entire month, or actually a little over a month, about 40 days and 40 nights. At the end of that 40-day period, my friends Rob and Doug flew in from Canada. Now, Rob and I, many of you might know, but Rob and I have done several bike tours together over the past. We've done bike tours in Switzerland, France, Finland, and Norway uh, in previous years. But this year, I told Rob that I was going to Sweden, and he said, why don't I come? And why don't I bring a friend of mine who is also interested in bicycle touring? I said, yeah, that's fine. Bring him along. And so a few months later, Rob and Doug arrived in Umeå, Sweden for the start of our bike tour. Now, Doug had never done a bike tour before, even though Rob and I have done many. Um, so this was going to be Doug's first bicycle touring experience. In addition to Doug being along on the tour with us, uh, I also invited a young 20-year-old woman named Lene, who is actually from Sweden, to join us on the bike tour. Now, Lene is a BicycleTrainPro.com reader who contacted me months before the uh, bike tour here in northern Sweden ever began. Um, she contacted me, one, because she saw that I was coming back to Sweden, but two, also just to let me know that she... Um, was really inspired by my videos and website and photos and all of that, and she wanted to conduct her own bicycle tour. Um, she was planning to do a bike ride from where she lives, kind of in central Sweden, all the way up to Trondheim, Norway, which is kind of 
I don't know. It's above Oslo, Norway, <laughs> up, up, up quite a ways. So she was going to attempt that particular bike tour on her own. And she did, in fact, do that. But she only made it two days before she kind of quit and went home. And she did that because um, she made a couple beginner mistakes. I mean, she started too late the first day. She uh, didn't practice setting up her tent before she left home. She planned on cycling too far. And I think she just got a little nervous uh, being out there entirely by herself. So that first bike tour of hers didn't go over super well, but she still had a, a passion and a drive to go on a bicycle tour. And so when she contacted me, I saw it as the perfect opportunity to say like, hey, I'm doing this bike tour later this summer with my friend Rob and his friend Doug. If you want to, you're more than welcome to join us on that tour. And she said that she was interested. So uh, on, what was it, August 5th, 2017, Lene showed up in Umeå, Sweden at my apartment that I rented there in Haga, and uh, I introduced her to the group. So there was four of us, myself, Darren, uh, my friend Rob, his friend Doug, and this Swedish woman named Lene. So that was our group for this week-long bike tour in northern Sweden. Now, what you should know about this particular bike tour is that while I was riding my own bicycle, I have like a custom Co-Motion Cycle Siskiyou touring bicycle that I brought with me to Sweden for this particular bike tour and my previous bike tour up to the Nordcap. But Rob and Doug flew from Canada without their bicycles, and they just rented bicycles from the local bike shop in Umeå. And that worked out really well. The bikes they got were like hybrid bicycles with a rear rack. And the bikes work great, I think, overall. Rob's brakes were a little squeaky, but other than that, um, they were fine. And, and Rob and Doug arrived two days before our bike tour was scheduled to begin, so they had plenty of time to get their bikes ready, you know, adjust the seat. Um, they, put their own, they brought their own saddles with them, which is kind of smart, I think. Um, so they put their own saddles on these rental bikes. And they basically had the time, because they got there two days early, to get those bicycles in such a position that they were going to be comfortable on them for the entire duration of the bike tour. Now, Lene also traveled to Umia, Sweden without a bicycle of her own. And instead, she tried to, to rent one from the local bike shop like Rob and Doug had. Unfortunately, the bike shop was out of bicycles by the time she contacted them. Luckily, I had made a friend in Umeå, Sweden, who had an extra bicycle, and he let me borrow it um, for that entire week that we were on our bike tour in northern Sweden. So Lene ended up riding my, my friend's bicycle, and luckily the bike fit her perfectly. Um, she had to learn how to change the gears a little bit. I think the gearing was a little bit different than what she was used to, um, but otherwise, that was the bike that she rode for the entire duration of the tour. Now, she showed up on the very first day of the trip with no bicycle. We put her on my bike and just hoped that this thing would work for the tour. And it did, um, but I would not recommend this strategy to anyone. Like, I do not recommend showing up the day of the tour with a new bicycle that you've never ridden before and just hoping that it works. Um, that's oftentimes a recipe for disaster. So I just want to throw that out there as a, as a word of caution because um, many bike tours can be ruined 
by riding a poor bicycle or a bicycle that you don't have properly fit to you uh, for whatever reason. So the four of us met up at my apartment in Umeå, Sweden, and after packing up our bikes and getting ready to go, uh, I checked out of the apartment that I had called my home for the last 40 days and 40 nights, and we began cycling north out of Umeå, Sweden. Now, there were a couple different directions that we could have gone on our bikes. There was one route that kind of followed the E4 highway, which is the main highway that goes up the coast of Sweden. And we could have very easily kind of followed that road, but it was very zigzaggy, um, and it kind of crossed and crisscrossed over this highway over and over and over again. And even though it was closer to the water, which is something we kind of wanted to see, it didn't really put us right on the water. So instead of traveling on that route, we decided to travel on the much more uh, direct route from Umeå to Skellefteå, Sweden. It's a road called the 364, the 364. And it's kind of a small two-lane highway uh, out in the forest. It, it's, it's a little hilly, to be honest, uh, hilly for Sweden at least. But the good thing about it is it's much more direct. Um, and so that's the road that we decided to cycle on. I was a little nervous about this particular road because I wasn't sure what the traffic was going to be like, but it turned out to be really, really nice overall. I mean, there were cars passing us, but not like a lot. And um, I felt very safe myself on this particular road. So, and I, I think the others would agree with me, um, even though this was kind of like a, a larger-ish highway for Sweden, um, it really wasn't bad. I mean, there was a small shoulder and, and there's probably a couple cars passing you every two minutes or something like that. So, um, yeah, very, very nice. One of the things that concerned me, however, at the beginning of our bike tour together was the fact that there were four of us. And now I've, I've done bike tours over the years with large groups where I'm on a group tour and there's a guide kind of leading us on a bike path or something like that. But I've never really done a tour with four people before. And I've traveled with other people, like one other person and maybe even two other people. But I've never done a bike tour with three other people before. And this this did concern me, not only because I was worried about the group dynamic a little bit, but also about how we were going to stay safe on the road. Um, when you're cycling on a, on a road with cars passing you, cars and trucks passing you at high speed, um, you have to cycle in such a way that you're going to keep not only yourself safe, but everyone else in the group safe as well. And when we first started cycling out of Umeå, Sweden, I noticed that like there was a big gap kind of in between all of us, basically. So there, you know, Lene would be up at the front and then there'd be like 100 meters and then Rob would be there and then Doug would be behind Rob about 50 meters back and then I'd be like 20 meters behind Doug. And... While that would have been fine on a bike path, um, we were essentially stretched out over like a 500 meter long stretch of road um, at these odd intervals. And I immediately noticed that cars passing us were having trouble getting around us because we were stretched out so far. So I quickly stopped the group and I was like, guys, I think for our own personal safety, we should either cycle very closely together so that all four of us are essentially drafting off of one another um, in a very tight group. And that will allow cars, if they want to, to get around us very quickly. Or if we want to split up, 
um, and ride, you know, maybe with two groups so that there's, you know, Doug and Rob up at the front. And then there's a big gap in between big enough to let a car pull over if they need to. Um, and then, you know, myself and Lene would be at the back of the group. And I think that was a much better system for us to ride in uh, rather than just kind of scattered out throughout the entire roadside. Um, because what that allowed the passing vehicles to do is to pass the group at the back, pass the group at the back, and then if necessary, pull back into the lane behind the first group of cyclists, wait there until another opportunity presented itself to pass that first group of cyclists and get around them and then safely get back into the lane. So I just had a quick talk with the group and I was like, guys, I think we should ride like this. Um, I don't want to get hit by a car and I don't want any of you to get hit by a car. So let's do this. And we essentially kept that pattern for the entire rest of the bike tour. We either cycled as a group of four or we split up in, in a group of two, essentially two and two and cycled with a big gap in between the two groups. Now on the first day of our bike tour, uh, we had planned on going about 60 kilometers, and we needed to cover 60 kilometers because the total distance between Umeå, Sweden and Skellefteå, Sweden is about, I think, like 120 kilometers or 140 kilometers, something like that. And I wanted to make sure that we got to Skellefteå in two days, and and you'll hear why later, but we were basically – I had scheduled um, – a stay in Shalefti at someone's home and, and we needed to be there by a specific time. So we needed to get there in two days. So on the first day of cycling, we had to cover 60 kilometers. So I was very like intent on reaching that 60 kilometer point. Now, Lene was super tired the first day because she, the previous night had traveled from her home in like Southern central Sweden all the way up to northern Sweden on a on a bus and then a train and she had basically like not slept for an entire night so she was like operating off of like 30 minutes of sleep during this first day of the bike tour rob and doug were super jet lagged uh having just flown in from canada and i was probably the only one who was at least like halfway rested um thank goodness for myself i guess but um, I was still pretty tired because I woke up super early and had to clean the apartment and was worried about checking out and getting everything ready for the tour. So all of us were super tired on the first day of the trip. And after we hit that 60 mile or 60 kilometer mark, we immediately began looking for a place to camp. And we ended up finding a place um, that was kind of flat, not perfect, but it, it worked, you know. Uh, in the forest, kind of near these two lakes, um, just off the side of the road. We pitched our tents there really quickly. Uh, Lene got her tent set up. Now that she had practiced setting it up a couple times uh, on her previous bike tour, she didn't have as much of a problem this time around. Doug was borrowing my old tent, my Big Agnes Copper Spur Ultralight one-man tent for this particular bike tour. I ended up just giving him the tent at the end of the trip. Um, and I was using a brand new REI tent. Um, it's the REI, I think it's called Quarter Dome Tent. It's a one-man tent. Um, and so, yeah, I had ordered this tent for this particular bike tour, and it was my first time ever using the tent. So anyways, we reached our campsite that first night. We were all super tired. We set up our tents. There were mosquitoes all over the place, so we 
we each dived inside our individual tents, kind of ate some food very quickly, and then essentially passed out and went to sleep. Now, the following day, we woke up. Uh, we got kind of a late start. I think, again, we were all very tired. But we had to cycle about 80 kilometers on this particular day, so a little further than what we had done on the first day. Luckily, the 80 kilometers went by pretty quickly, and we were able to reach Sheleftio, Sweden, in a pretty good time. Now, before our bike tour in northern Sweden even began, I received an email from one of my Bicycle Turn Pro readers named Michael, and he had invited me, if I was passing through Sheleftio, to come and stay at his home. And while I, while I didn't pass through Sheleftio on my individual bike tour, the one I did uh, during the month of June up to the Nordcap in northern Norway, I told him that we would be passing through Sheleftio uh, on this bike tour with Rob, Doug, and Lene. And uh, I kind of said, can we come and stay at your home, all four of us? And he said, sure. Uh, so we got there, I think it must have been five or six o'clock at night, pretty late, later than I wanted to, but uh, they were all waiting for us, the, uh, Michael and his family. We were introduced to, to Michael and his wife. Uh, I'm going to butcher their names, but his wife's name was Malin. And and then he they had three sons. Um, the oldest son's name was Mel, Melvin or Melvin. Uh, he was twelve. There was Malta Malte. Uh, he was not. He was nine years old. And Mio, who was four. So after a brief introduction to Michael and his family, he basically said, "You guys are welcome to set up your tents on our front lawn," and that's exactly what we did. After the tents were set up, we all took showers. And then we ran inside the house where they had prepared a fantastic Mexican food meal. I think Michael had seen some of my previous videos and knew that I love Mexican food. And Mexican food is actually something that you can get quite easily in Sweden. So um, I was very happy when I saw the Mexican spread that they had prepared for us. And man, was it good. The best part, though... Um, was probably just sitting around the table with Michael and his family and talking to them about their lives and our bike trips and all sorts of things. Um, they also had a cat named Blixton, which means lightning, I think, in Swedish. And Blixton was like a super friendly cat that loved to snuggle with you. And he would sat on my lap and got hair all over my clothes. But anyways, um, staying at Michael's house was really, really nice. We stayed up far too late. Um, and then climbed inside our tents that evening. The following day, instead of doing like a big full day of cycling, we decided to go to the Sheleftio Adventure Park, which is something that Michael had recommended we do while we were in town. And I kind of recommended it to the rest of the group saying like, hey, I know we're here to do bike touring, but like this is like a really cool, unique thing that... I don't think any of us has, have ever really done before, and, and I think you guys would really enjoy it. And so they were like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, I was very happy about that. Now, this adventure park that we ended up going to is just outside of Sheleftio, about 15 kilometers to the west. And it's basically like a ropes course and zip line park that's located out in the forest and positioned like high in the trees. It's kind of hard to explain without showing you like video of it or something. And I will post video 
from the Adventure Park on the Bicycle Turn Pro uh, YouTube channel very soon. So make sure you check that out when it comes out. But um, anyways, we spent hours at this uh, Adventure Park basically climbing up and down the trees, zipping all over the place. And it was, let me tell you, a lot of fun. I think everyone in the group enjoyed it. I, I honestly thought that there would be some people in the group who couldn't get through the obstacles or would be too afraid to cross certain areas. I know Rob had expressed some uh, concern because he was he's a little afraid of heights, but uh, he did really, really well, as did everyone else in the group, and I think we all had a whole lot of fun. Uh, Michael, Melvin, and Malte also joined us at the Adventure Park, which was awesome as well, that we got to spend a little bit more time with them. Now, after our time at the Adventure Park ended, uh, it was pretty late already in the day, and while we would have liked to have done maybe some more cycling on that particular day, there was no real need to cover any great distance. So Michael suggested that just up the road, just a few kilometers up the road from the Adventure Park, there was this shelter and park and picnic and camping area right on the edge of a lake. And we thought, heck yeah, that sounds good. So um, Michael rode with us on his bicycle and took us straight to this shelter where they had a campfire, toilets, changing rooms for both men and women. And there was a, a, a lake right on the edge of a lake where you, and a little area where you could go swimming and all this sort of thing. So we set our tents up in the grass right on the edge of the lake, um, sat at the picnic tables eating dinner, and then sat around the campfire all night long uh, just telling stories, talking to each other. Michael stayed with us well into the evening. Uh, we took some photos of the group. And then as it got dark, Michael finally had to say goodbye. He rode back to his house um, in Sheleftio, and the four of us called it a night there on the edge of the lake just outside the Adventure Park in Sheleftio, Sweden. The following day, Rob, Doug, and Lene and I loaded up our bicycles, and instead of cycling back into Sheleftio, kind of the way we had come the day before, we decided to cycle down like a dirt road that went through the forest and then and then cut its way back northeast a little bit, um, back up the coast of Sweden towards the town of Pitio, which would be the next major town that we would we were trying to get to. So we, we went through this forest road. It was kind of dark, kind of rainy. We knew that on this particular day, like, it could rain at any moment. The weather forecast was not good, um, and we were prepared for it. So our rain jackets were packed at the top of our panniers. The truth is, the day was kind of on and off. Uh, it started off dark and cloudy, and then the sun would come out, and it would be kind of hot, actually. Um, and then it would get dark and cloudy again. It would sprinkle on us a little bit. Only at one point throughout the day did it really start to rain. And when I say it really started to rain, it was freaking pouring. We saw these dark clouds coming at us. And uh, like we knew that they had the potential to carry rain with them. But man, when those clouds hit us, they hit us hard. And we were not prepared for it. We did not have like a second to stop and put our jackets on. It just went from like sunny and warm to dark and wet in an instant. And I think Rob and Doug and myself actually stopped and put our rain jackets on, even though we were kind of already wet underneath. Um, but Lene, she just kept cycling straight through. And she was like, hey, it's kind of nice. It's not that cold. 
and uh, we hadn't had a shower the night before. So, hey, free shower, right? After the, the that rainstorm passed, it really only lasted like five minutes or so. After that passed, a rainbow appeared in the sky, and it, and it remained sunny essentially for the rest of the day. Now, we had planned on cycling only about 40, 50 kilometers on this particular day, but we ended up cycling close to 90. I think Rob said we covered about 88 kilometers on this particular day. And we did that in part just because we were feeling good, I think, but also because we were trying to get to another shelter. We had enjoyed staying at that shelter so much the night before that we were like, man, we got to do that again. That was so cool being able to have a campfire and all that. So on our maps, we located this shelter that was on the edge of a river. And that's what ultimately like made us cycle further than we had initially planned is because Instead of just stopping short and, you know, wherever we happen to be after 50 kilometers or whatever, we decided that we had the energy and the time to push on an extra 40 kilometers or so, or 30 kilometers, to this shelter that we saw on our map. And once we got to the shelter, we weren't exactly sure it was the best place to camp at first because it was like right on the edge of the road. And we weren't so sure, like, are we allowed to just camp right here? Um, so we kind of pitched our tents like away from the road as far as we possibly could. There was a big field next to the shelter and we pitched our tents in that field kind of down by the river. But then after pitching our tents, we walked back over to the shelter and basically stayed at the shelter all night long. Now these shelters, not all of them, but many of them in Sweden are stocked with firewood. And that was the case with this particular shelter as well as the previous nights. So there was firewood waiting for us when we arrived. And we kind of sat there all night on the edge of the river, um, talking, eating, sharing stories, talking about our experiences on the bike tour thus far. In the evening, as we were sitting there, this huge orange cloud appeared, like the entire sky lit up. It was really crazy. I've never seen anything quite like it. And this cloud began moving super fast across the sky. And once again, like earlier in the day, we knew that that cloud contained a massive rainstorm. And so, uh, yeah, we kind of stood there for a few moments looking up at this giant orange thunderous cloud approaching. And then it hit us and it hit us hard. It was windy and rainy. And we were so happy to have that shelter um, to hide under because uh, if we had been in, even inside our tents or something, um, it would have been a little scary, I think. So anyways, um, <laughs> that was, for me, this particular day was like the highlight as far as the cycling goes. Um, I really enjoyed our time with Michael and his family and the adventure park and all that. But this particular day um, of cycling was probably the best on the entire tour. The following morning, when I woke up, I looked outside my tent. It was bright and sunny which was nice, but I saw two things. One, I saw Rob and Doug were already up and they were in the process of packing up their tents and bikes and all that kind of thing. And Lene was sitting on the picnic table and it looked like she was all packed up and had been packed up for several hours. So I was way behind the group and I had to rush to catch up. Um, one of the things that happens when you're on a group bicycle tour like this is that there is a lot of waiting that goes on. Uh, when you travel by yourself, you know, when you're ready to go, you just go. 
um, and you don't have to wait for anyone. But when you have another person, or in this case, multiple people, the amount of waiting that you have to do escalates dramatically. And Lene, sadly, I think had to do more waiting than anyone else in the group. She was kind of the fastest, I think, um, to pack up and get ready to go. Whereas Rob and Doug were a little bit slower, especially in the mornings, uh, packing up their tent and getting their food and clothes and all that stuff uh, kind of ready to go. So, yeah, just something I think is worth mentioning when you do a group bike tour or even a bike tour with another individual is like you have to be prepared to spend some time and and in some instances, a lot of time just sitting around and waiting. So poor Lene, on this particular morning, she spent a lot of time waiting for us to get ready. But once we were all on the bikes, we did eventually um, jump on our bikes and we made our way into the center of Pitio, Sweden. And we didn't really honestly spend much time there. We kind of just cycled along the waterfront a little bit. We went into the city center, walked through the center of town. We loaded up on food. We went down a slide at, at a local park, and then uh, once again, we saw another shelter on our map, which was located, ah, I don't know, 10, 15 kilometers or so outside of town to the north. So we decided to just uh, cycle in that direction and spend the evening at this particular shelter. Now, I don't know exactly where this place was, but it turned out to be the best shelter of all of the shelters that we stayed at. Um, it was a massive area. It almost looked like a summer camp that was prepared to, you know, uh, house a hundred students or something. There were multiple fire pits and picnic tables. There were toilets and a whole big barn filled with wood. There was an outdoor like amphitheater with seating for a hundred or more and a big stage where you could imagine students, I don't know, doing talent shows or putting on a play of some kind. There was a small man-made lake nearby with a like boardwalk and a trail that went all the way around it. And this is where we ended up staying for the night. And like we had done on previous nights, we uh, ate our food and then spent the entire rest of the evening around the campfire. The following day was our last full day of cycling. It was the day that was going to take us from Pitio, Sweden, to the nearby town of Luleå, Sweden. It was about 50 kilometers or so we cycled this day. Again, very good cycling, um, kind of crisscrossing our way in and around the E4 highway. Um, once we entered the town of Luleå, there was this really big, long bridge that we had to cross. Um, once again, like so many places in Sweden, there is an epic bike path across the bridge, so it wasn't like scary or dangerous or anything. Um, very, very safe, in fact. So we crossed this long, iconic bridge and then entered the center of Luleå, uh, which was a really beautiful place, actually. And we looked for a number of different shelters in town, but we didn't really find anything. The first shelter we went to, there were a bunch of people there who were doing uh, skeet shooting. So they were firing rifles uh, at these, you know, clay targets that were being thrown into the air. So we didn't want to stay at that place. We went to another shelter. It turned out to be like a museum, I don't know, like a restaurant or something. That it, it just didn't work. Finally, the third shelter that we located was on the northern side of town. It was about four kilometers outside of town in this like park area located up at the top of a hill. So we had to push our bikes up this pretty steep hill. I, I had to walk in part 
up to the top of this hill. But once we got there, we found yet again another really nice campfire area with a picnic table and some flat ground to pitch our tents on. And that is where we spent the night. In the evening, like around sunset, we climbed up to the very top of the hill. There was a really good viewpoint from up there where we could see the uh, center of Lulio and the entire surroundings, the forests and water and everything. Really, really beautiful. Um, but yeah, um, it ended up being like the perfect place to spend our last night of our bike tour in northern Sweden. So after, what was it, six short days on the road or so, our, our final day of our bike tour in northern Sweden uh, concluded with a short four-kilometer bike ride from our campsite there north of Luleå into the center of the city where we went to the Luleå bus station and jumped on a bus back to Umeå, Sweden, where we had started. The bus ride, I'm not exactly sure how long it was. I think it was about six hours or so. It was pretty long. Um, but it cost us, I think it was about $40, $45 maybe or something to get us back to Umeå, Sweden. And that included our bicycles. So they were able to fit all four of our bicycles onto the back of the bus. And that was something we were concerned about uh, when we started our bike tour was we weren't exactly sure how we were going to get back to Umeå. We knew we were planning to take the bus, but we just weren't sure if they were going to have room for all four of our bicycles. Luckily, this particular bus that we were on had like a big commercial storage area in the back where they, they used that area to transport goods. I think on the day that we were traveling, they had a bunch of tomatoes or something in the back of the bus that they were transporting for like a local supermarket. So in the back of the bus were our four bicycles, a bunch of tomatoes, and a whole bunch of other commercial gear. But luckily, they managed to fit it all in. And getting our bicycles and all of our gear back to Umeå, Sweden, was no problem at all. Now, once we arrived back in Umeå, Sweden, our bike tour was essentially over. But we did stay in town uh, a little bit longer. At least I did. Um, and Lene ended up staying for one night, and Doug and Rob ended up staying for two nights. Our first night back, we got some food at the Max. Uh, it's like a restaurant chain. It's kind of like American food, hamburgers. They have veggie burgers, uh, French fries, that sort of a thing. And then we went back to the apartment that I rented on Airbnb.com. I rented a one-bedroom apartment kind of on the south side of Umeå. And we all crammed into this little apartment for this one night. Lene kind of slept in the bedroom. We let her have the bedroom. Rob and Doug uh, slept in the living room. And I slept on the floor of the kitchen. That evening, we all went out to dinner together one last time. Uh, kind of a celebration dinner at the end of our bike tour. We went to this place called the Sen Street Market, which was located in the IKEA shopping mall in Umeå, Sweden. Uh, it's like an Asian-inspired uh, restaurant, like Thai, Chinese, I don't know, Vietnamese sort of food, um, which is is very unique for Sweden. That you don't see a lot of that um, in Sweden, but. There it was. And so, yeah, we really liked it, I think. They had several vegetarian options, or at least a couple vegetarian options. And I think Rob and Doug, who had meat uh, in their meal, really enjoyed it as well. So, yeah, that's the uh, Sen Street Market. If you're ever in Umeå, Sweden, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's a, it's a really good place, actually. 
So the following day, Rob and Doug returned their bicycles to the bike shop where they had rented them. And then we walked from the bike shop, the four of us, uh, to the nearby Modern Art Museum in Umeå, Sweden. It's called the Bildmuseet, but it's basically like a modern art museum right on the, the riverfront in Umeå, Sweden. And it's a free museum, which is part of why we went there. We just were kind of killing time a little bit. But we went there. We went and had lunch uh, at this restaurant, which is located right outside the public library in Umeå. And then after that, we said goodbye to Lene. Lene um, ended up traveling back home on a train and a series of buses. Um, and I went with her to the train station, kind of hugged her goodbye, told her what a great job she did on the trip. And said, you know, if you want to do another bike tour in the future, let me know because I would be happy to do one with you. Yeah, Lene, uh, you know, she had had done one bike tour before this and, and she had not done all that well. She had made some mistakes, but she performed incredibly well on this group bicycle tour. And I think after she did the bike tour by herself and after she did the bike tour with this small group, the, the four of us, she said that she enjoyed traveling with the group far more than she enjoyed being by herself. That it was just more fun in general. And I think she felt safer as well. I also thought it was pretty brave of her being 20 years old to travel with myself, a guy, 33, and Rob and Doug, who are over 40 years old. Um, having never met the three of us before, I just thought it was brave of her to um, agree to travel with us for such an extended period of time. But also, she had watched all my videos and consumed a lot of my content on, on the internet, so she knew who I was. And and I think, you know, if you ask her, she'll say that she knew <laughs> it was going to be perfectly fine. And it was. So, yeah, it was really a joy to have her uh, on the trip with us. I think it added a unique dynamic. You know, if it had been just Myself, Rob, and Doug, it would have been a real boys' trip. Um, but it was fun having Linnea along because she added a unique perspective. You know, we got to ask her some things about Sweden and life here versus our lives in North America and that sort of thing. So it was really, really nice. And she was strong on the bike. By the, by the last day, she was really leading the pack. Um, she was right up at the front of the group and, you know, the rest of us were having trouble keeping up with her. So... After this week-long experience, I feel like Lene is ready to go on another bike tour. Whether she does it alone or with friends or a small group or whatever in the future, I don't know. But uh, I think she now has the skills to go bicycle touring anywhere in the world. Rob and Doug ended up traveling home the following day. They uh, flew back to their respective homes the following day. Um, Doug flew back to Canada um, directly from Sweden. Rob ended up going to Bergen, Norway for a little bit where he met up his, with his wife and some of his friends. And uh, he stayed in Bergen, Norway for, for a couple days. And then he traveled back to his home in Canada as well. Now, I ended up staying in Umeå, Sweden for one more week I stayed there to do some work. I was editing the videos from our bike tour in northern Sweden, uh, editing the photos, and basically just saying goodbye to all my friends that I had made in Umeå. I spent the entire summer, practically, of 2017 in Umeå or around Umeå, Sweden. So 
I really, after like my 90-day stay there, I really felt as though Umil Sweden was my home. And it, it honestly was a weird feeling to say goodbye to the city after such a long time there. Um, I really felt at home there, and I, lo- I really like it there. Um, and I would recommend the city to anyone who happens to be passing through or traveling to northern Sweden. Umeå is not a place that you're going to hear about in travel guidebooks or anything. There's nothing necessarily there that's like out of the world to travel there for, specifically. But the city is really beautiful. I mean, the architecture is nice. It's clean. Uh, The people are friendly. There are bike paths everywhere. And if you love nature, this is a really spectacular place to go. You could use the city as a home base like I did to just cycle in and around the area. You could easily spend a month there and not see everything. Um, Or you could use the city as just the launching pad for a bike tour in northern Scandinavia. Um, It would be a great place if you want to cycle to the Nordcap like I did. Uh, You could start in Umeå and then pedal north or cycle from Umeå around the um, water over into Finland and then back to Helsinki or something like that if you wanted to as well. So anyways, that's a quick summary of our bike tour in northern Sweden. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit and share some of the experiences with you. There are photos, videos, and stories from our bike tour in northern Sweden up on the website at BicycleTrainPro.com right now, so make sure you check it out. Uh, Go to www.BicycleTouringPro.com, and in the search bar there, try typing in Umeå. It's spelled U-M-E-A. Type in Umeå or northern Sweden into the search bar and you should be able to find the the bike trip with all the pictures and videos and stories, etc. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the uh, narration of my bike tour in northern Sweden. And if you want to learn more about how to conduct your own bicycle tours anywhere in the world, be sure to visit my website at BicycleTrainPro.com. Pick up my free bicycle touring starter guide. And if you're super serious about learning to conduct your own bike tours, be sure to pick up a copy of my book, The Bicycle Touring Blueprint, which will teach you everything that you need to know about how to conduct a bike tour of any length anywhere in the world. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'm Darren Alf from BicycleTouringPro.com, and I hope to see you out on the road sometime soon.